your weekend breakfast with Refilwe Mbakanyane on 702. Let's walk the talk. Let's absolutely walk the talk, send your uh, questions or comments to 31702 and let's uh, unpack uh, a topic or a matter that is on many of our minds as we seek to um, revert to some form of normalcy or safety when it comes to this COVID-19 pandemic and that is the issue of vaccines. Now this week the South African Medical Association, SAMA, urged the National Department of Health to urgently urgently explore all options uh, to make sure that healthcare workers and those most at risk of severe outcomes from COVID-19 receive COVID-19 vaccines before the winter season. We know that overseas, the UK um, uh, the UK is looking at on Tuesday, starting their COVID-19 vaccine rollout. They're talking about 800,000 uh, doses of the vaccine, which they say are on the ready, waiting to be dispatched and deployed. But our situation is very different. So to just help us understand what it looks like. First of all, that call to make sure that frontline workers are protected, but also to help us understand what it looks like to become vaccination uh, ready or vaccine rollout ready is um, the national chairperson of the South African Medical Association, Dr. Angelique Kutsia. Welcome to Weekend Breakfast, Dr. Kutsia. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And thank you for asking someone's opinion on this. And a good morning to all your listeners out there in this beautiful raining morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, it's something that we all need to wrap our mind around. It seems much has been made this week about um, with headlines reading that South Africa falling behind on COVID-19s, that we haven't paid um, our first batch or made our first uh, payment when it comes to the COVAX agreement, which is that global, um, the global package to share and create the equitable distribution of vaccines, of COVID-19 vaccines. And of course, uh, many people up in arms about the situation. Where do you stand as uh, the South African Medical Association? Well, um, we took a a bit of a different stance on on this as we um, look at all the possibilities that's out there. First of all, we need to understand that for South Africa, to be part of a COVAX initiative, it's, it's a great and it's a noble idea. Mm-hmm. But under the COVAX, we are seen as a high-income country, meaning that we will procure the vaccine supply at exactly the same cost as the USA, mm. because we will then need to um, subsidize the poorer countries. Now, we all know that South Africa currently, in the financial state that we are, we definitely not be... not. Um, one of the high-income countries anymore. We are barely struggling to keep the lights on in our country. Mm. So we need to think uh, carefully whether we would be in a position to pay this enormous amount as a, as a, as a front-up um, just to be part of this COVAX and then to say, okay, we are part of this. We have paid over 300 million rand. And therefore, we will now have access to vaccines. Yeah, yeah. that's not the and, and and that only gives us between we were on the the impression of five percent, but it seems that it's ten percent access. Um, remember, um, that only gives us access to that. We're still buying the that vaccine then at the same as I've said, um, the same price as the United States. Mm-hmm. Also, remembering that we do not have a choice. Or that is um, sort of vaccines now in the pipeline, mm-hmm. we cannot tell them what we would like to have, which vaccine will be suitable for us. 
Um, so, so there's there's the small the small little things that is in that contract. We need to we need to discuss it and we need to be open on it. Yeah. Therefore, Sama says it would would it not be more prudent than to go and and and, and contract directly with the pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. that we think um, that the, their vaccines would be more suitable for a South African condition. Sure. Remember, we're still very nervous about the chain, the cold chain. Mm. And we cannot have the, the current vaccine that is in Europe and in England released mm. in South Africa. Well, let's, let's you know, you said you, you've made that statement very emphatically saying we cannot. But explain to us why that is the case. And the vaccine you're referring to specifically that's being deployed in the UK, um, for which or the vaccine um, rollout starts on Tuesday, that is the Pfizer vaccine. And this vaccine requires very special treatment. I understand that it needs to be stored at around minus 20 degrees um, Celsius. So that, that cold storage chain, which you talk about, is a problem for us. Why? Okay, it's not minus 20, but minus 70 degrees. Okay. And that that chain should be kept from the moment it left the factory till it is, uh, the, the, the vaccine goes into your arms. So um, there apparently there is a two-week leeway where you can store it at a less temperature. Mm. But then you need to know where the culture and that happened. Okay. And after six hours outside of the, um, the fridge or the storing requirements, mm. you can do nothing with the vaccine anymore. In the South African context, it simply doesn't have it. I, I, I'm not aware of any public sector, let alone a private sector hospital, mm. having a minus 70 degree storage facilities. Mm. For 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 the vaccine, so that vaccine will not be suitable in the current conditions. Yeah, we're, we're talking about logistics. Remember, all the vaccines are claiming more or less the same efficacy of ninety five percent. Yeah. On top of it, I think it's also important for for the public to understand that if you want herd immunity, um, so now come back to the COVID um, statement that let's say, let's say we can get ten percent. It's not going to help us because if you want 95% efficacy um, through vaccines, you need to you need to have 70% at least of the country to get 50, 95%. Mm. Uh, 70% must be vaccinated to get 80% efficacy of the require of your vaccine. Sure. You need vaccine coverage of 83%. All right, and 70% of 95%. So. So 10% is not going to help us. Rather, rather go negotiate with those pharmaceutical companies. Let's get the price down and bring the, the, the vaccines into the country. Yeah. And to that end, um, you know, let's, let's adopt a blue sky approach and say that, you know, government and, and the relevant people were able to approach um, uh, pharmaceutical companies directly and, uh, you know, agree on terms, on suitable terms uh, for the country. You're calling on healthcare workers and frontline workers um, to be prioritized in this vaccine rollout. And, you know, who else would you, you see as, as people that are most at risk? The elderly people and people in um, old age homes mm. and your people with high, um, with, with com- um, high blood pressure, um, sugar and diabetes. You know that we call it the, the, the non-communicable disease patients. Sure. Um, that will be the patient that you need to. But again, you remember what I've said, how many do you need to vaccinate before we even going to get 
some sort of herd immunity. And, and we need to be able, from South Africa point of view, we need to be able to choose the vaccine that's the most suitable for our conditions. in our current circumstances. Sure, sure. You know, the WHO um, ran an, an analysis, a self-reporting analysis, um, towards the end of November. And essentially, the, Dr. Matsidi Sumwetu, he's the WHO Regional Director for Africa, said that, you know, the largest immunization drive in our continent's history is right around the corner. And, you know, she stressed that our governments need to urgently ramp up readiness. That's planning and preparations uh, that will make sure that when we are in a position to roll out a vaccine, um, and I suppose despite or beyond the problems or the hurdles you've just outlined for us, Dr. Katsia, we're in a position to make that rollout um, successful and seamless. What does it look like when a country runs a campaign of this magnitude? How should we be getting ready um, from your vantage point at Sama? What, what, what do you think we need to button down right now in terms of planning, coordination and even resources? Of, first of all, sorry, um, um, first of all, I hope you can hear me. I can hear you and the Hadi in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, that is very annoying. Um, first of all, we need to make sure that we procure the correct vaccine for our country, it must go through the SAPRA, unfortunately, SAPRA process. Mm-hmm. Um, SAPRA process can, can take months, but if um, we can speed up the process through them, and most importantly, the vaccine must be available at least by the end of April um, so that we can start vaccinate our people before winter um, hits us full-blown. Mm. Otherwise, um, we are going to see a lot of death coming from those vulnerable people who's not been vaccinated. And we also need to make sure that the flu injections in 2021 arrives on time. Because we have noticed that the previous years, there was some time that we only been able to start vaccinating in April. Mm. So if we can get that vaccine vaccination done um, at least by March and then start vaccinate by April, May, with the COVID, mm. I think that would help. And that would mean a, 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 a huge effort from the National Department of Health. And the question will be, um, the medical schemes, would it be affordable? We need to make sure that the vaccine is affordable. Yes, You want the medical schemes to pay and you want government to pay. And we need to make sure that there's no corruption mm. in rolling this out sure. or waste. Tell us about, you, you touched on, you mentioned the SAPRA process. What is the SAPRA process? Hello, Dr. Katia. Hello. Hi. Yeah, um, yeah, we seem to have lost you for a second there. What is the SAPRA process that you've just mentioned? Oh, my goodness. All right. It looks like we'll have to try and get Dr. Katia so back again. you have lost me now? All right. Let's try this one more time. Otherwise, we'll have to call you back, uh, perhaps try to get a better line. The, the SAPRA process that you just mentioned in, in your answer and how we could, uh, how a potential successful rollout of the vaccine looks like, what is that process? Um, well, first of all, again, mm-hmm. as I've said, um, we need to make sure that it's been SAPRA approved in okay. South Africa. Um, we need to make sure that there's no corruption. Sure. We need to make sure that the real people get, the right people get the vaccine. And we need to make sure 
that the vaccine arrives in time for winter. Mm. If not, we can just leave it. So what I'm curious about is um, what community engagement and communication around the vaccine and um, uh, the vaccine rollout could potentially look like. What do you, in your experience, what have you found or seen to be the most effective way of, number one, um, ensuring uh, agency and buy-in from community members, but more specifically, compliance? So, for instance, um, you know, details around this this Pfizer, uh, Pfizer vaccine uh, say that people who, once they get their first dose of the vaccine, must get a second shot three weeks later in order to complete... Just repeat the question. Okay. Let's see if we can... Let's see if we can call you back and just get a better line uh, for you there. Please, Do- please call me back. All right, fantastic stuff. Please call me back. We will do so. That's Dr. Angelique Katsia. We're having a bit of a glitch there. She's not able to hear us, but we're going to get her back on the line. And I want to hear from her that um, at the you know her thoughts on what community engagement and communication around a vaccine rollout should look like, um, or perhaps best practice around that. We know, for instance, that at the beginning of lockdown, um, and when news around the development of a um, of, of, of COVID-19 vaccine tools and trials, there were some conspiracy theories floating around, which we won't entertain in this conversation. But really what we need to do is make sure that people, you know, there's no resistance. As she said, we're trying to achieve um, uh, maximum immunity in the majority of the population. So I'm keen to find out from her what this kind of communication should look like in order to ensure, number one, compliance, buy-in, but also uptake in the South African population. Uh, it seems we've got her back on the line. Dr. Anjali Katsia, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you better now. All right, fantastic. Um, Technology is great, but it's not perfect all the time. So I'm glad we were able to get you back. So my question then becomes, uh, what kind of communication you have in your experience found to be most useful in getting uh, community buy-in, but also um, adherence uh, in order to make sure that people do get vaccinated? I mentioned the fact that we experienced some conspiracy theories at the beginning of or when we first heard news of a vaccine, uh, vaccine trials around the world, which we won't entertain right now. But how do we make sure that, you know, should we get to the point where we are ro- ready for a rollout? South African citizens come to the party in large numbers. Great. Good question. The first thing you need to do, you need to get the buy-in of the doctors and the pharmacists. Mm-hmm. As most of the time, the, they are the first point of call or, mm-hmm. or entry for patients. So if you can get the buy-in of the doctors and the pharmacists understand, and then you get the clinics involved, and you get the media involved, that would be the starting point. And you then make sure that the public understand who will be the first people receiving these um, these vaccines so that we do not get the situation of people not sick, young, healthy, um, um, saying that, you know what, I'm willing to pay, therefore... Mm. I must get the vaccine. We should, we, we, so it's education out there as well. And government should actually starting now already. Okay. They should launch these programs and, and, and making people aware that this process must start April, my latest, latest, my May is already a, 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 a bit far from, mm-hmm. you know, far for us into the, into, into our winter time. So if we can get that message out, but also remember, National Department of Health and Government must be honest with us. They must tell us 
where they're going to. And must not only give us a, a, a report saying, yes, we will, um, we will sign the COVAX and, 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 and um, that, that will help us getting between 5 and 10% mm-hmm. of um, vaccines. We need to be honest. What will that inc- what what will that contract look like? Sure. What is the pros? What is the, the the cons of those contracts? Let us let us all in the medical field to understand. Let 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 us all give our input then, um, and 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 feed into the vaccine the the, the MAC vaccine committee. Mm-hmm. So that we know that it's open and transparent, because this is one of the things that is lacking currently, the openness and the transparency. It seems that everything is done behind closed doors, you know, it is as if it's secret. Mm-hmm. Health is not a secret. Mm-hmm. Health is a right. We need to understand what is out there. What is the best way that we can negotiate vaccines? Where we have a choice in deciding which vaccine and at what cost it can come into our country. So that it is affordable for the people, especially those on medical schemes. Absolutely. All right. We'll have to leave it right there. But I'd like to thank you for your time this morning and uh, taking the time to just unpack what a, a COVID-19, a possible COVID-19 vaccine rollout ought to look like or can look like if we um, prepare accordingly. That's uh, Dr. Angelique Kutsia, the National Chairperson of the South African Medical Association, SAMA.